Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. One of the things that I find, not only in our own day-to-day work, when we're doing, when we're working on our business, when we're developing our strategy, when we're engaging with it, compared to when we're out and we're working with customers and we're we're doing the things that we're we're working with them on strategically as well. What I see come up over and over again is we feel an urgency to make a decision right away. We can make the choice to not make the decision right away in the day to day. Because if it's something that could impact our vision, and if it's something that could actually make an adjustment to where we might end up, we don't want to be making that in the moment in the day to day. But we have to recognize that that's what it is. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Jess Duell. She's the founder and CEO of Red Direction. Jess brings over 20 years of advising, consulting, and facilitation experience in operational strategy and organizational culture where values and purpose intersect. Both practical and unexpected, her views tune into the uniqueness of your organization. Companies working closely with Jess learn to ask the right questions and think effectively on their feet. In our conversation, Jess talked to me about planning in a way that is fun. And we learned about her ladder to the moon metaphor. We talked about conducting self-reviews and self-reflection in a constructive and powerful way. And we find out what we can learn from Jess's Winnie the Pooh story. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Jess Duell. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Kirkland, Washington State in the USA, Jess Duell, who's the founder and CEO of Red Direction, and Red Direction help business owners committed to building a thriving business. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Jess. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Jürgen, it is my privilege to be your guest. I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. And Kurian Tharakan, who was our guest on episode 459 of the Innova Buzz podcast, he suggested that we have a conversation with you and introduced us. So big hello to Kurian. Big hello. Yeah, he was on our podcast too over at the Bold Business Podcast, Jürgen. And um, we were talking about all kinds of different things. It was superb that he chose to connect the two of us. 
Yeah, yeah. He must have been impressed because he said, I've just been on this wonderful podcast with this amazing lady, so I think you'd enjoy speaking with her. All right, now you work with leadership teams to identify and set their true north, which is where the business name comes from, I think, Red Direction. It's a, a play on the compass, the red pointer on the compass. And also you produce your own podcast, Build the Bold Business Podcast. I'm getting build and bold confused, <laughs> but it's all, <laughs> all one thing, right? And you're That's, also a self-confessed creature of curiosity, which is something that I really identify with. So I'm really looking forward to having this conversation today and exploring all those things. Now, before we dig into the work you do, what, what's the impact you're making in the world? I create a really bright stage for people who don't want to be on stage by themselves is really, I think, what it comes down to. I have a lot of belief in a lot of things. And if you need some to get to where, where you're going, I am a great cheerleader. That's like my purpose in this world. You say, oh, you're doing something so great. And I know I've said this twice to you. And I will now say it a third time. <laughs> Whatever is the thing that's in front of me is my favorite thing. And that makes the impact in the world the most possible right here in the present each day, each moment. Mm. That, that's a, an amazingly concise and powerful mindset to have and it, it really forces you, well, it doesn't, I don't know whether it forces you, it really just makes sure you're present in the moment, right? Because you say, this is my favorite thing. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now and if I can't be all in, why am I doing it at all? That would be the thing, right? If I, if I can't be all in, I probably shouldn't be doing it. And I could say that's probably true for everybody that's listening too. Can we be all in, in that time that we've committed? And if not, how come? Hmm. Yep. Wonderful. So you talked about a stage. So tell me more about that. <laughs> kind of the, explain the metaphor. I don't know if that was actually really a good metaphor to use. Um, usually, so a stage, right? We all have to be some place. We all have this belief. We all have this thing we want to do. And sometimes we don't have enough courage by ourselves. Sometimes we need that outside set of eyes. We need that person that we can lean on different than a mentor, different than a coach, different even than a consultant, which is by the way, that's the part of the world. That's my day job is consulting. Yeah. Um, the whole concept though is how do we, and how do you, how do you get enough oomph when times get tough, when things get hard. I call them the, when the grindy bits show up. How do we keep going through that? And that stage is a place that's like, well, you're here. Are you gonna go? Hmm. <laughs> Are you ready for what's next? Yeah. Even if you're not, you're already here. Let's make the most of it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of my childhood. The, um, we used to have swimming once a week and the swimming pool built this new diving pool with a tower, a platform, a 10-meter tower. So the challenge Ten, was, okay. and I was, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, 12 or something. Of course, the challenge, I dare you to go up to the 10-meter and jump off that. And I wasn't a good swimmer. I was probably the, one of the weakest swimmers. And I remember getting up to that 10-meter platform and standing there, and I'm afraid of heights as well. Right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I remember you really went all out cl climbing up 
to the the 10 meter platform was yeah. was actually a huge huge achievement for me so I, i'm up there on this 10 meter platform and i'm kind of edged to the to the edge of the, the platform and kind of looked over and nearly nearly fell over because i was so queasy and i thought this is really crazy and eventually I thought, oh, i'm up here Climbing down is probably just going to be just as hard and take longer. So I jumped, <laughs> I jumped off feet first. <laughs> oh, so there was an, you actually were present enough, even in all of that, to go, well, I could go down. Yeah. There's two ways down, yeah, right? right? Which, which I've do gotta I go, want? And you're I've got to go down, and, actually. I've got to go. Yeah, yeah. And, well, was it as painful as you thought? Was it as scary as you thought once you decided to go <laughs> over the edge of that diving platform? Um. Well, obviously the outcome was okay. <laughs> I That's right. We're here. Yeah, I, <laughs> you can start. I didn't it. hurt myself. I didn't drown. I, I, uh, the diving pool was deep, but it wasn't very big, so it was pretty easy. Once I got back to the surface, pretty easy to get to the edge and crawl out. And um, <laughs> but I never went back up again. <laughs> Hey, was there a sense of accomplishment or Absolutely. a? Oh, I'm so Absolutely. glad that's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the part we don't realize. Even when we're scared, even when we're facing something, even when we could go back the way we came and we choose to or we choose not to, there is a sense of accomplishment that mm. can be harnessed because we did it. We made the choice. Hmm. That's right. And so talk to me a little bit about um, those moments where we're faced with decisions like that in business. Every day. Yeah. Ah, every every day. One of the funniest. Well, and it could be, it could even be from pencils. And I'm going to get out of business for just a second because again, you know, there. <laughs> we're all swimming pencils. and diving. Right. Now we're talking pencils. Exactly. Now we're now we're talking pencils. But we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna talk about toothpaste instead, right? So there, we make decisions either quickly or slowly. And in general, so as long as we know how we're making our own decisions, it's really important. And when we're making decisions with other people, it's really important to understand how they are making decisions and making sure that even if they don't really fully know, that they understand what the motivation is behind the way they're making decisions, right? Do you go off the board? Do you go back down the ladder? And when we know those things and we're working together as people in a group, as, as a team, one of the things we have to keep in mind is what really matters. And I can tell you toothpaste in the grand scheme of things does not really matter. Mm. And this is a household thing. My husband and I can agree on all kinds of things. Big picture vision. Where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Here's where we want to live. This is, this is what we're thinking. But when it comes down to the day to day, the brand of toothpaste, we cannot decide and agree to save our lives. So we each have different toothpaste now. That was our solution. We each, <laughs> it's, not, it's not how you use the toothpaste, it's which toothpaste do you use? And I think that that's important because when we're in a team, now let's take that to the office and back to our pencils. If we're having discussions and we're stuck on what kind, and do you even have pencils, right? We all have computers these days, but we all have things like that. We have I was going to say, you've got your pen and I've got my pen, right? All of my pens. And, um, but I think that when we're working as a team and what do we do and how does that impact what we're doing, pencils don't matter. Hmm. It's why we're using the pencils. And do we need the pencil at all? Not is it this brand or is it that brand? Is it this color or is it that color? 
And I think that that's an important thing that we forget. We get so stuck on the little things that we forget to think about those bigger things. And maybe it's an avoidance. Sometimes, actually, sometimes it is. Maybe it's confusion. Sometimes it is. Maybe it's even just, uh, I feel like I am out of control of everything and I don't know what I can control, but I think I can control this. And all of those are the types of things that when we're making choices, the more aware we are, the better that we can go forward. Maybe we all need our own pencils at the office. And when we have that, then we can go, so what really matters? Why are we using these pencils? What are they gonna get us toward? And how does that help our team succeed, to grow, to become more dynamic, high performance? Hmm. Yeah, fantastic, great story. Uh, the, <laughs> the idea <Thanks>. of, <laughs> yeah, the idea of um, behind the name of your business, I guess, the red direction and, and having that strategic focus Talk to me a little bit more about how to take that concept, how to develop that vision and and bring that into the workplace or even into mm. the family to say, well, the toothpaste or the pencils don't really matter. So that that's an easy decision. Just do whatever there. Here's where we're trying to get to. This is the big picture. Let's keep that in mind. Does this contribute to the big picture? Or if you have your own pencil or your own toothpaste, is that going to detract from the big picture? If not, we'll just do it. And the need for urgency fits in there too, right? So one of the things that I find, um, not only in our own day-to-day work, when we're doing, when we're working on our business, when we're developing our strategy, when we're engaging with it, compared to when we're out and we're working with customers and we're we're doing the things that we're we're working with them on strategically as well. what I see come up over and over again is we feel an urgency to make a decision right away. We can make the choice to not make the decision right away in the day to day. Because if it's something that could impact our vision, and if it's something that could actually make an adjustment to where we might end up, we don't want to be making that in the moment in the day to day. But we have to recognize that that's what it is. And going back to actually having a pencil just like you, Jurgen, or a pen just like you, one of the things that I think is really um, useful, at least for me, is that I have a place that I keep all the ideas that come up that need evaluation that somebody may want an immediate answer to, but really an immediate answer is not necessary. We actually have time on our side for that. And they go into a specific place and I evaluate them once a week when I engage with my strategy. Does this fit what we're doing? Is this on the path of where we're going? Does it help strengthen our strengths, reduce our weaknesses, or take advantage of a marketplace opportunity? And based right now or later, and based off of all of that, I can decide, great, keep it or not, what do I wanna do with it? And then I can go back to clients, finding them, helping them be their best, doing the things that we said we would do for them. Yeah, that's, that's great. I love that. And as someone who uh, finds it really difficult to sit in uncertainty, because <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's what the issue is here. You know, when you make a decision, say, okay, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do this. Um, now it's done. Now it's certain. Um, I, have, I have this brain dump board, I call it, uh, set up and I can quickly, it's actually on the computer. So I, I, I do cool. write things in books and so on, but I usually transfer the ideas in there and they're the ones that I don't immediately decide on. And I visit those um, once a week, usually Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. 
depending on what's happening Sundays and have a look at that and think, is there anything there that I need to action to move forward in the following week? And usually there'll be about 250 or so things on there. And, and, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And most weeks, none of them make it to the, to the weekly action. <laughs> but But I feel really good because, oh, that's a great idea, but it's not a fit right now. And I know yeah. that I haven't lost the idea it's captured. Okay, so I'm in the middle of, um, I'm between final locations, right? We're, we're in an apartment building here in Kirkland right now. Uh, at some point, we'll be back in a house. So I have stuff everywhere. I just found my box with my now and later notes in it. So I actually, on Monday, I found it this last weekend. I was like, okay, yes, my day to do all that processing is on Mondays. So next week is my, I'm going to take the time, I'm going to go back through my now and and later and find out if some of those are nevers and they're going to go straight to the bin, right? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Sometimes time is the best answer. Not going to be now, not going to be ever. Let's put that in the bin. So, um, but I use sticky notes on a board and I use, I have a little tray that I randomly am taking notes all the time. Mm. And so instead of trying to document them, I just, uh, they clutter up my computer in some way uh, and they'll get in my way. I'll be like, Ooh, I should be looking at that. If it's a distraction, can't be there. So I, I actually have an actual physical place to put them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'm hoping someday I will be like you and I can put them in a, you know, in a, (laughs) <laughs> brain dump yeah, yeah. place online, yeah. It's um, You raise a really important point there, and I've, I've started doing this a lot, and I've actually got an action point every day to remind myself, um, which is audit the task list. And it's yes. exactly like you. It's yeah. like, well, I've been carrying this forward for about six weeks. I haven't done anything. Is the world going to end if I just completely ignore it and not do it? Uh, well, no. Okay, delete. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. And and what was the reason for carrying it forward? Mm. Was it ego? Was it a desire for something that you know that we think would move our business forward, mm. or a passion, or a project, but turns out we don't have the energy for? See, there's some self-reflection in there too, Jurgen, mm. that could really, that I would be curious, uh, yeah. and I try and be curious about in myself, what is the reason something hasn't been done for six weeks? What is the reason it hasn't gotten the priority in that in, in that time? And um, being able to honor that is just a little bit of insight for mm. maybe I don't have to carry something forward for six weeks again. Maybe I could find it in three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, sometimes they're ideas that shouldn't really be in the task list they should have been on the brain dump board (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes they're actually things that in the moment that i record them i'm thinking yeah i should get to that i should do that it's a fit for something or other and then other things things change or other things become higher priority and all of a sudden it just drags on and I figure, okay, if it's yep. gone six weeks and I've done nothing, <laughs> is it really important? Yeah. Yeah. Then my next question would be is, did you get the other things on the list that you thought were actually your priority done? Hmm. Yes, that's a, a good question. And the answer is sometimes. <laughs> I hear that. Or, or it, it depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it Ooh, depends is always a good favorite. answer. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that completely. So now I'm curious. Can I ask you a few questions? Absolutely. 
Okay, so if we're thinking about this, right, you've got, you do this on a weekly basis, and it sounds like you have a larger picture. Does your larger picture um, span like three months or a half year or an entire year when you're thinking about this brain dump stuff and what do you put to carry forward week to week? Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a larger picture that's actually kind of three to five years, and then mm-hmm. that's broken down into uh, a six-month picture what's what's the next six months look like to get mm-hmm. to there and mm-hmm. then that's broken down into kind of a monthly and a weekly mm-hmm. hmm. I mine's a little different I have um, to your point about three and five years I do have that and in fact my inspiration is a um, a US based artist who has died now her name is Georgia O'Keefe she drew a picture um, she's famous for draw- for painting flowers, and one of her paintings was not a flower. It was actually a ladder hanging in the sky between the heavens with the stars and the ground with which we stand. And I saw that, and I was like, I have no idea what the name of the picture is. I should probably know that when I tell this story. Um, but I And it's hanging on my wall right over here, so you'll see me look away to look at it. And I'm like, mm. that is my five-year plan. Every single rung there is important. And every single time I get closer to those stars, there's going to be a new rung that I get to work toward. And maybe if I don't know it yet, I'll get to discover it. Mm. Yeah, well, I have to get the name of that um, painting from you so we can include it in the show notes. And it's um, it's a sounds like a really powerful metaphor in terms of the planning. And if you could attach kind of concrete steps to each each rung of the ladder, then that immediately each year that you want. those things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and you could yes, so you could do and you could actually do the same thing then if you wanted to break it down and break it down. So I've got my she she provided the beautiful imagery of um, what my five-year plan would look like, if you will. And that includes everything. It includes what we're doing at Red Direction and how we're growing and scaling and serving there. It includes um, what I want to do personally. It includes what I want for my family. Uh, All of those things are all included in that. And then I break it all down and I've got lists of stuff or groups of things all over the place. Oh, hey, it's called Ladder to the Moon. There we go. (laughs) Ladder to the Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Ladder to the Moon. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and so um, I I was like, I will look that up right now while we're talking. I love it, yeah. All right, now one of the things I know you're really strong on is this idea of working on the business and kind of really taking a step back from the day-to-day running to get this bigger picture and get this focus on that ladder and on the steps to the moon. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about some of the ways that you you help your clients do that. Absolutely. And so everybody comes to me when other people haven't been able to help them solve their problems. And usually it's because a new tool or a new path or a new process didn't stick for the long term. And so one of the things that I look at at Red Direction, just like the pointer is, well, you've decided where you're going to go, so how you're going to get there. If I was really creative, I would have come up with some other analogy related to like a backpack because you've got a journey or a legend because it's on a map. But I didn't do that. The easiest thing to think about, though, that is universal to everybody are kaleidoscopes. You remember those things as a kid where there's all those pieces, the bits of pieces of glass or plastic and you hold your yeah. you hold it up to your eye in the light and you twist it and the picture changes based off of how each of the pieces inside falls every business has all those pieces 
and it's unique to them. It's their unique piece. And what people forget is that what got them to where they're at is really important. It may not get them where they're going. To just leave it behind and not and, and forget to acknowledge the power with which we brought to the table to get us exactly where we're at, it's just detrimental and, and it, it creates a gap. And usually it's like, well, I don't have the stamina to do that. Well, it's true. We've got to learn new skills. Well, if you learn a new skill, but you don't have anything to fall back on because you had to quote unquote, get rid of it, or it wasn't going to work anymore, it's going to fail. We don't have enough fuel for that. By the way, come back to the stage. Come share my stage. There's a little bit of belief here. We got this, right? It fills that gap while those skills are being made. And I don't like to see anybody's skills and hard work um, negated. Now, to have any success, there has to be good stuff in there. As dysfunctional as it might be, as crazy it all might sound, as much of luck of anything else that it might be, there's still good stuff in there. And when we can find that and use that, those are the pieces of the kaleidoscope that we can go, cool, we like that, but we don't want this piece or that piece. So what do we take out and what new things can we add to it to leverage and keep going in an iterative and even in a, you know, like jumping a chasm, if you will, jump, being able to leap buildings to get to the next level of growth, of success, of uh, development, whatever happens to be the focus of the strategy of a company. Mm. Yeah, I love the metaphor. It's, uh, it's really powerful to take the idea of you know, what got me here and what skills I've learned and the lessons I've learned are a part of who I am, but they're also the strengths I bring to what I'm doing, even the failures that I've had. Um, so. Cheers to that. I can tell you a story of total, um, I don't know, ignorance, right? I was talking to somebody today and they were saying to be successful, you have to have two things. You have to have arrogance and ignorance. Okay. And I, I, I'm probably good at both of those yeah. in general. And I was reflecting on that as I was, you know, checking back in with the notes as my, uh, having prepared for this. And I was like, you know, there's something to be said in my first, in, in the first company that I owned, we sold right before the dot-com crash. And part of our total payout was specific to achieving sales goals after we were acquired. Well, we were acquired and then the dot-com crash happened. So here we are a tech company and we're supposed to grow some serious amounts like double digits in a time where things are crumbling technology-wise. All around us, these companies are being reset, right? And I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was supposed to be bad. Mm. And I just was like, okay, no problem. I have to do this. We'll figure out how to do this. And sure enough, the team with me, and it wasn't easy. There was a lot of failure along the way. Um, and I, boy, did I learn a lot. In the end though, we hit the growth goals because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do it. And I kept, and I would show up to these meetings for this big company and I would be like, what do you mean you're not hitting your goals? I don't understand how that could be. And I'm surpassing mine. And everybody's like, oh, whatever. No, this can't be the case. And, and I was like, how? I didn't even understand. I was supposed to understand that there was some, something going on outside of me, right? So hindsight being 2020, what was in the air was a little bit of complacency. Hmm. What was in the air was a little bit of, well, if it's so bad, I'm not going to worry too much about it. If everybody is in this boat, I'm not going to be singled out. 
right? All of these other things where all of our other problems could show up or take owner to take ownership or take space up in our heads and our hearts, and I'll say our guts too, uh, was really important. And I was like, I didn't have any of that. I was like, I got it. I want this money. <laughs> but even so, I, and that's, I say that in a very cheeky fashion because there's a part of me that was like, well, I said I was going to do it. So let's go do it. Right. So of course I wanted it. But then I was like, well, I said I was going to do it. Now I'm accountable to this other party. So let's go. And we did it. Hmm. And I think that that's something uh, a little bit of ignorance of sometimes it's better to not know that we're not supposed to be able to do something. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's a great example of a mindset where you, maybe because of the ignorance that you say, as you call it, uh, you set yourself up for success rather than placing limitations on yourself by saying, well, gee, the environment's really bad and the dot-com bubble and everything's crashing and nobody's interested in buying software anymore and blah, 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 whatever the story is. Right. The story, mm. our limiting belief, yeah. by the way. And if we're going to talk business, one of my favorite things to talk about, people are like, whatever, that's just this thing we do in business school is a, dy a dynamic version of strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, and threats analysis, right? The yeah. more dynamic we can be, the better off we can be. We can put the stories we tell ourselves in the weakness and the threat every single day of the week. Yeah. What are the stories we're telling ourselves about our industry? What are the stories we're telling ourselves about ourselves? And put those in the weakness column. And when we when we can identify those, it's a great start to finding those assumptions mm. to really find out are we able to break through and what part of our kaleidoscope do we want to be working with, pulling from, and what do we need to really be looking at to change. Mm. Yeah, that's a really great point. And it's a great way to I, – I love that. It's a great way to kind of reframe that uh, SWOT analysis a little bit uh, because – I remember doing those in in the corporate world, and I always wondered, you know, that they, they they sound kind of the same each time. They do. Like the weakness yeah. the, or the threats were well, the competition might have a better product, or um, what else, or the economy might tank, or um, you know, we we're in chemicals, so the oil price might go up. That was that was always the big one, um, and another threat was because we were a, a large. Um, kind of it was a public company but primary shareholders were still the founding family and so the um the other threat that always came up was one of the big players would buy us out uh, and and i thought well you know that they always come up so and we're not there's i don't see any plans that we're kind of going to deal with any of that so why is it even on there and then yeah, yeah and the the weaknesses are kind of the same thing you know each time we do it they're the same weaknesses as the last time. How come we haven't done anything about that? And you do it and you stick it in a drawer. That's actually something oh, yeah. that I work on, you know, um, half yearly or quarterly with the clients that are working at Red Direction. We have a dynamic SWOT. And I'm looking at that when some, a company is saying, well, this is what our five-year goal is. This is what our 12-month goal is or whatever their structure is for timing in the future. My And here are the initiatives we have. The first thing I do is, does that match your uh, Does that match your five-year plan? Second thing is, what do you need to do to actually be successful with your current SWOT? 
We use that on a regular basis mm. because if we're not, how do we know what choices to make? Mm. How do we know if it's urgent? How do we know if we actually have the time? How do we know it's aligned? Yeah. We don't, right? It's a combination of these little tools that when we do once and we use, and I call it dynamic because as soon as one of those typically win a, no, I'm going to say as soon as, always, as soon as something has been accomplished, that goal has been reached, that SWAT changes <laughs> immediately. That's right, yeah. If we're willing to look at it. Hmm. Yes, well, the, the, the traditional way to do it in the corporate world, in my experience when I was there, was you'd do this once a year. It would yeah. find its way to the bottom of the drawer and then, then you'd get a note saying, hey, we're going to do another one of these 12 months later or 11 months later. And uh, where was the last one again? I oh, must be here somewhere in the bottom of the drawer. Oh, okay. Right, right. <laughs> Nothing's uh -huh. really changed. <laughs> how come we haven't done anything about this? How come? Mm. How come? And what are all those initiatives? How did it, what was my contribution to the initiative mm. that was set for this year if we reach the initiative, but our SWAT didn't change, where, where did we go wrong or what do we not see? And here's the other thing. If I've got my own personal one for me, right, and you've got your own personal one for you, and we're on the same team, now when we, it's time for feedback, reviews, you know, that can't, whatever it is, if it's candid and in the moment or an official process, whatever that is, we actually can reflect within ourselves and see our own successes and our own failures and our own places. So we can say, yes, these are the things that I truly accomplished and be really proud in that fact. And I actually think that that's really important, especially for an entrepreneur or a business owner or somebody on the executive team that doesn't get that from anybody else. Mm. And I don't know if you know, companies I know are getting better and there are new ways to do it. So I'm not going to assume that it's still not very good but the last time I gave a traditional employee review, <laughs> I was like, this doesn't work. And I had been working since then to change that to something like this. Well, what are your goals? How does that align to what we have here? How can we support you outside of, of the office? Where do you want to be? And then this actually gives leadership teams and um, CEOs and executives the opportunity to be accountable to at least themselves because our time gets taken up so quickly and so easily with squirrel. Oh wait, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> the next favorite thing because it's in the moment. The shiny right? objects, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic advice too. And I think one of, I think it's, it's almost a human trait, isn't it? That we don't necessarily take time to, hey, I've achieved a goal and reflect on what worked really well here and, oh, well done. Um, we, we usually say, well, gee, I could have done this one better. Oh, damn, so I'm going to beat myself up, you know, because I should have known better. I should have done this or I should have done that. And, <gasps> and yeah, so we exactly. kind of, and then we take that mindset forward and, and we kind of forget about all the things that we actually did achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're inadvertent. And sometimes we have no choice. Mm. And sometimes they're happy accidents, right? I think I believe we set up our own luck by the actions that we take. So whether it's good or whether it's bad is all in what we did in the past. Mm. How did our past self help us to get to here right now? And are we okay with that? And if we're not, that's okay. And if we are, that's okay. We can yeah. use that to make the next. Mm. <laughs> yes, we have. Almost total control, right? Oh, almost total. I love that. You're getting, that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah.
You know, I'm reading a book called The Tao of Pooh. Also, I don't know what it is about 1958 today, but it was written in 1958, I believe. Um, and it's a reprint that I was like, well, I like Winnie the Pooh. This is something of a whole other side story if you want it. Do you want my Winnie the Pooh story of when I was a little Why not? Yeah, a let's hero do it. and everything? Okay. <laughs> so um, I don't know why I like Winnie the Pooh, but I had a Winnie the Pooh as a little girl. And we lived outside of Chicago, and we were picking up one of my aunts from the airport in the middle of the night. And we were driving home from Chicago O'Hare to our house outside the city, and there was road construction. And for whatever reason, I had the window open on the interstate. And I had Winnie the Pooh by the arm, maybe the leg, hanging outside the window because Winnie the Pooh wanted to fly. Well, Winnie the Pooh got lost. Did, it got whipped fly. from the wind. Yeah. He did fly. <laughs> and he didn't get, he wasn't with in my hand. And at that moment, I'm screaming. <sighs> and my dad came to the rescue. I love my dad. He's, he's always been a hero in the weird and most weird and unusual ways. And this is one of them. He made the time to stop in the middle of the night, even though everybody was tired, to get out of the car. And it was a good thing because as he's getting out of the car, I can see my Winnie the Pooh and all of the construction lights in the dark. And what is coming at my Winnie the Pooh? A steamroller. Not a little steamroller, one of those big <laughs> steamrollers because they are building a road. And here comes my dad. He is the most awesome dad. And he goes in and he swoops and he picks up this Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and he brings it back to the car, and I never put Winnie the Pooh out the window again. <laughs> <laughs> and why does this relate to what we're doing? Because it's a product of who I am. Hmm. I am now impacted. Could something as bad as a steamroller getting my Winnie the Pooh affect me in this decision, by the way? So I was going someplace yeah. somewhat <laughs> clever with this. <laughs> but we don't know. Yeah. We don't know, right? Well, I do. That affects my decision making. Mm, fantastic. And so, how does the book, how does the book relate to that? So, what's how does the book relate? Right, the Tao of Pooh. Okay, so there we go. Thank you for bringing us back. Um, they talk about well, Winnie the Pooh is considered to be what he's very in the moment. He's very present, and in some would say very simple. Well, that learned curiosity, that internal, what is here right now is a really important thing to consider because there's always going to be noise around. And so you're always going to have somebody that's going to always know what to do and think they have the right thing. You have always are going to have somebody who's going to be giving advice regardless if they know what's going on. You're always going to have somebody that's super exuberant and you're always going to have somebody that's really timid and maybe even a little shy. And so when we can understand which part of us, right, which of those personas is showing up, more importantly than being able to go, yeah, welcome. Now sit over here so I can actually experience, think, feel, what am I trying to do here and create a, create a small space, a small space, doesn't have to be big, whether you call it silence or stillness, being able to practice that and get to it quickly is something that can really help us not only to make sure we're oriented the right way, but so that we can really hear and understand how our filter should be calibrated for what we take forward with us. Mm. Yeah, I love it, and it, it, a lot of um, there's a lot of self awareness and self reflection in that, right? And I think that's something that we kind of don't do enough of in today's right. world. And and there's so many lessons that we can teach ourselves simply mm -hmm. by going through that. We process. can. Oh yeah, and I will tell you, I am not. 
I am not learned in any way about uh, Taoism, but I can tell you I really like Winnie the Pooh. And so mm. the two, it's a great introduction for me to that kind of concept of thinking, but to the point that we share, curiosity. Right, Jurgen? We share curiosity. And in that curiosity, one of the things that ends up happening that I think is really important is that um, we can be curious. We don't have to be curious about everything, and we can be curious about what we want to be curious about, exactly, not what yeah. other people think we should be, yep. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is fabulous, Jess. Um, obviously, we could go on talking for ages and sharing stories. <laughs> Well, I think it's a good uh-huh. good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, and it's our Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same five questions I ask of every guest. The idea being that you give the listener something really inspirational to take away and put into action today as a result. Mm-hmm. All set. I'm ready. So, what's the number one thing anyone can do to be more innovative? Slow down. <laughs> Do you want more? Do you want more than a one-word answer? Slow it, down. It might be and helpful, if you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether whether you're doing this for your business or for yourself, for those long-term goals that you have set for yourself, I call it a present retreat. And the present retreat is made up of a few things. The present retreat is what I do on Mondays. You seem to do on Sunday afternoons when you have the space to do so. And it's a time where there's a reflection, there's an assessment, there's a thoughtfulness, and then there are some decisions about what is a priority right now and what is a priority later. And being able to make those decisions in that stillness, that space, where it's protected time that nothing else gets in. You're not answering the telephone. You're not looking at your email. You're not taking. You're not. Um, you're not taking texts or calls from clients. It is a bubble with which you put yourself in. Mm. So it could be stillness, but it could just be a bubble. And you're sitting and you're looking at your kaleidoscope. What was? What is? And is it aligned to where you want to go? and work from that and that's what i call a present retreat and my rule of thumb is start at four hours a day but it should be really um a whole day i say i used should it's the first time i've done that in a long time (laughs) dang let me rephrase that it is something that the more that you can put toward it in one block of time the quicker you can make decisions and evaluate between those times Mm. so you'll be able to weed out I might have to look at that, but I know I don't have to look at this. I might look at that, but I know I don't have to look at that. So that's what a present retreat really helps. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And and we we actually applied that concept, and this is pre-COVID, of course. Um, we spent um, 10 days usually or 8 to 10 days with a bunch of entrepreneurs, and we went, we actually physically retreated to a wonderful tropical location made sure the environment was such that everybody was pampered and taken care of. And then we spent that time doing that reflection, doing visioning exercises, doing planning, and really assessing, you know, is everything on track here and where are we looking to go in five years, in three years, in one year, and what are the plans that we put in place now? And then we have quarterly reviews of that. So it's it's sort of very analogous to that. So doing a mini a mini version of that each week, Yes, it is. And then doing it quarterly with a group of people like what you're facilitating or with your board of directors or with a peer group, right, could also be very useful Mm. between those annual ones. That's exactly right. Excellent. So what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? That. That. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, (laughs) 
using well, the two questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I would I'll add to them. Mm. I have activities that I do that are not related to what I do, right? Mm. So I love to read and I read nonfiction and I read strate- strategy and I read biographies and I read a lot of nonfiction in general. Um, one of the things that I think is really that and that, of course, lends itself to the way that I think and the way that I show up and the craft that I do and how I'm developing myself to really set up the products and the paths for which Red Direction clients are served. Um, in addition to that, I play the flute. I'm mm-hmm. a Girl Scout and I love to drink tea and do puzzles. And those are the types, and by the way, and that's, of course, in addition to being outside of nature and a whole bunch of other things. I really relish those and I rely on them because if I don't do those things and I'm not taking care of myself and letting my brain work in other ways, I'm not going to get some of those really great ideas to actually bring to my present retreat to let things bubble up that I could take notes and go, oh, that came up yesterday. I'm not really going to look at it until Monday, but this thing showed up because I gave it space Mm. because I'm doing something else. Yeah, yeah. So you're allowing your unconscious to kind of surface things that that are going on for you and i think Mm -hmm. that's a really important point to uh, balance and take time out to do the things that that are not necessarily business related that are passions or things that enjoy and often people get into this uh, business owners get into this mode of i don't have time for that so i'm just going to keep keep bashing my head against the wall here to get this thing done and yet the counterintuitive thing is if you take time away and go and enjoy something else, uh, usually you go, oh, that's the answer. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So whatever it is, it could be varied, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing that's not your regular work, can you be all in because you're using a different part of your brain? Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Um, oh, that's so crazy. The answer is I do. And it's usually nature, mm. believe it or not. So my favorite resource is to get outside. Go outside. Yeah. The, the one that turns out to be the most useful. And now if you're talking to like a, are you talking now, are you talking like a technology tool? No, it could be anything. Okay. Yeah. Could be anything. I was going to say, because I can, I'm like I, being outside in the fresh air, being able to see the sky, even if it's cloudy. Mm. I know sometimes you have cloudy there, like I have cloudy here. Um, and today it snowed, which was kind of cool. Um, but I think that that's important. And sticky notes are my second favorite thing. <laughs> sticky notes, yeah. I can randomly be in my kitchen and I have a sticky note. I could wake up in the middle of the night, I have a sticky note. I could be at a client meeting on site somewhere and have total unrelated thing and I'll throw it on a sticky note. Hmm. And they come back and they go in my little bin yeah. so that I can evaluate them later. Different mm-hmm. colors? Oh, yes. Oh. I have the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, yeah. Yeah, I love the different colors and different shapes. So I've got heart-shaped ones and diamonds and squares and circles and ellipses and whatnot. Uh (laughs) I love it. That's right. All right. What's the best way to keep a client on track? Present retreat held in accountability by your dynamic SWOT and the goals that you have set for your five-year and then coming all the way down to quarterly to get to your annual goals. There you go. And we've described it all in detail as we've had this conversation. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I do you want to see what I know nobody's going to be able to see this. I could describe it. Do you want to see what mine looks like? Sure. My quarterly looks like? Okay. Show it to us because we we will have some people watching video. Oh, good. 
Okay, so I am tapped out. Oh, let me see. I'm going to have papers fly all out of here. Y'all know I like paper. Um, each quarter, I come up with, I have a book, okay? And this is my two-page spread for my quarter. And what is my big goal and, and what are my intentions that I need to make sure to help get to my big goal? And then what are the big, big things? These are my rocks, right? What are the things that if I get done, I know everything else will fall into place? And then as I go along, I write down my accomplishments as I get to these things or if other stuff showed up. And down below are just some resources and inspiration. I draw. I usually have I four of the them. Drawing, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I like to color. I think it's really important to um, just see how stuff shows up when it's not on a line as you're typing along, going line to line to line. And then um, I look in on this every single week. Actually, I look at it every day because it sits on my desk. Yeah. But this is this is part of my present retreat. Hmm. And I bring okay. I bring that in because it's real I, I really think that it's important to be able to look at things in a different way. And when we're on one mode a lot, taking time, I'm not a good drawer. All my stuff is 2D or stick people, but that's okay. I can still get my point across yeah, in a picture right. for it's, myself it's, because it's all it's for. There's still a story for you there, isn't there? That's right. That's yeah. Why, that's why yeah. I encourage people to draw as well and say it's not about being an artist. <laughs> that's right. Mm. That's right. Mm. All right. And for those people just <laughs> listening into this, we'll, we'll take a clip, a shot of that um, oh, good. and add yeah. the photo to the show notes so that you can check it out. All right. And finally, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Play. <laughs> and and I, I say that in a way that I don't do it enough. This is actually one of my goals for this year is how can I play more? How can I let go more? How can I be a little less serious? Because the more I, the more serious I am, the more focused I am, the more disciplined I am, the more I'm going to miss and the more I'm going to butt up against things that maybe I don't need to butt up against, kind of like the toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, I really think, you know, play will allow those thoughts to come through you and mm. your thoughts really do matter. What you have to give and how they show up in the world is to be figured out. If they don't have a place to show up, a stage for them to be displayed upon, a diving board with which you get to make, you know, you get to make a choice to go forward or go, go over the edge or go back down the ladder, right? All of those things come down to it. Just so that's it. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a great parting advice to leave our listener today. What your thoughts and your message do matter. So thanks, Jess. This has been really fabulous. Now, where can people reach out, find out more about you and maybe even say hello and say thanks for what you've shared today oh just type in my name in your favorite search engine and all kinds of things are going to show up you can definitely find me on linkedin and on twitter at um by searching just dual and then um that's probably the best right. i would say that's the best yeah, yeah yeah okay we'll add that add those to the show notes so people can click straight through finally who else should i get on the show and why Oh, you should have told me that ahead of time. I'm kidding. That was, not, that was actually not on my list. Um, there is a gentleman who is a thinker, like you are a thinker. And he is, um, he is somebody that I've known for many years. He's written a few books now. And his name is David Ammerland. And what he does is he takes a lot of information and distills it down. The, the last book that I read of his, I think he's working on a new one, was called um, oh, something about a sniper. 
I'll have to I'll have to dig that out. He was mm. working and interviewing Navy SEALs about what are they doing and how are they making decisions. And um, before that, he built he built his brand awareness on the quickly changing evolution of technology and the way that we search as humans compared to the way technology allows us to get results from the technology that's being used. And so he he came from that realm and is a really good distiller of information and a great storyteller. Fantastic. I'll mm-hmm. look forward to that yeah. conversation. So we'll get you to introduce us to David and, uh, yeah. and begin that conversation with him and hopefully get him on the show. Heck yeah, that'd be cool. Hmm. He's closer to your time zone, I think. Is or he? farther away. He's in He's in Europe. So. Okay. Well, that, that means I have to do it at the other end of my day, but it all works. It's... It all Right? It all works. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jess. This has been absolutely fascinating. We've had a lot of fun. I think this counts as play as well. <laughs> so it, it, one of the things, it does. One of the things that occurred to me when you talked about more play is how can you make business more play and how can you incorporate more play into business so that it moves you forward in that red direction? So thanks for sharing all that with us today. I've really had fun. Hope you have too. And please do stay in touch. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really informative conversation with Jess and fun too and took something away from her episode. Do you have a favourite spot to get away from it all? Why not go there now? When you arrive and leave your phone, your tablet, your computer behind, when you arrive, take some time to reflect on your achievements, your goals and your aspirations. Take some time to daydream and make a note of anything that comes up. I bet you'll be surprised at the things you learn and the ideas that bubble to the surface. Make a note of all of them the learnings, the ideas, the inspiration. Use a pen and paper. Keep everything for now. Later, back in the day-to-day, you can then prioritise and sort the ideas. Jess's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Jess Jewell. That is J-E-S-S-D-E-W-E-L-L. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co dot co forward slash Jess Duel. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Jess there, as well as links to the Red Direction website, the Bold Business website, Jess's social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you've listened this far into the show, then here's a challenge for you. If you loved this conversation, and of course you would have loved it, and think it'd be useful to one other person, be brave enough to share this conversation with that one other person. And my guess is, in the 505 or however many other episodes that we've published up until right now, there is at least one other one. Got to be one other one there that's equally as valuable to you as this episode. So go ahead. Take a 30-second glance through the past episodes or pick your favourite number, whatever you favourite way of making a random selection is, and between now and the next episode, listen to that one more and write me a note on LinkedIn. Tell me which episode you picked and why and what your biggest takeaway was. Jess suggested that we have a conversation with David Ameland, 
author of The Sniper Mind on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. So David, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Jess Duell. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.